that's one of the things about religion that we have to remember when we're talking about that makes it such a, a hot topic issue is because we're talking about law. Who gets to be God? Who gets to be God's deputies? Who is the most high? Who is the divine authority? It's all about the claim to the most high. The only way that somebody can be higher than us is if we give away our power. Because there's nobody, we're all equal. But we're not equal in our knowledge, so ultimately, I think it does have to be a hierarchy, but it has to be a cooperative hierarchy, like a bee colony. We have to, it's about what our value system is, what we care about. Hello, Hive Mind. I am your host, Brandon Martin, and welcome to the 31st episode of the Cubbyhole Podcast, where important topics are unveiled, discussed, and tested. Today is November 18th, 2020. And please make sure to check out all of our previous content and presentations on our website, which is cubbyhole.com. That's C-U-B-B-Y-W-H-O-L-E.com. So today, I will be continuing off with the list of methods of manipulation. We are going to be starting from food and medicine and working through the illusion of time and then the DHR factor. So I left off on the last show, which was episode 29, on food and medicine, and how we are being warred against with our food and our medical system. It is very nice to see that so many people are taking an interest in their own well-being, that being mentally and physically when it comes to what they are putting into their own body. Because we do have to recognize that it's not just the control of the mass media that is a big issue. Mind control works on multiple levels. And one way it works is by weakening the immune system by putting in uh, poisons and toxins into our bodies, which affect how our minds process information. It affects how Our body creates the proper chemicals that are needed to have healthy emotions and have healthy behavior. So it directly is correlated to how our brains are functioning either in a healthy manner or in a disease manner. And that word disease, if we break it down, it is dis-ease, to not be at ease. So our body is in chaos. It is not at ease because we are putting it through stress and trauma by constantly overloading our system with GMOs, pesticides, hormone-enhanced meats, and all kinds of other toxic foods that we have out on the market, which is detrimental to the overall strength that an individual needs to stay in a healthy modality of self-defense against the current tyranny that we are facing. The food tyranny, the medical tyranny, the information tyranny. And as the philosopher and physician Hippocrates said, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. 
And this is something that we really need to uh, understand fully and implement into our own lives. It's taking responsibility for what we are putting into our bodies. And, you know, we have to be careful because you can't just go and start, you know, buying uh, vegetables without looking into how they are grown. You know, because that's what we really want. We want the freshest and most nutritional foods that we can have access to. And that means that we need to stay away from processed foods, things that are coming out of the fast food industry, and just this overall corrupt production system that we have on the market. Um, so we do need to be careful and consciously recognize that you could go eat all the vegetables you want, but if they're not grown organically, if they're not being grown with um, the lack of uh, toxic pesticides and things like this, then it's, then it's going to affect us negatively. So one of the biggest issues that we do have is that we see people are having a major influx in chemical imbalances in the brain which causes the body to be under stress and vice versa. So if we put the body in stress, then the chemical imbalances in the brain also become worse. So this is all about weakening the immune system so that we can weaken the defense system mentally. They want the mind of the individual to be weakened to such a state that they can be easily manipulated and easily controlled from a mass level of information propaganda. A really great book that I did briefly mention was A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Now, I didn't really break this down at all, but I'm going to give a little brief example of this. This is only part of how they are utilizing these techniques in the modern day. So... Huxley's Brave New World, which was from 1932, is all about a dystopian society that is not controlled by fear, but rendered docile by false happiness. Now, that's really important because I think that that's what we have a lot of right now. Yeah, there's also the component of being controlled by fear, but a lot of people, I see this in the majority more so, is that they're controlled by false happiness. Now, what is false happiness? How can we distinguish the difference between real happiness and false happiness? Because as we know, people can be happy doing the most violent behaviors to other people. With a condition of psychopathy, we know that a psychopathic individual may or may not, it is true that they may not also experience this, but for the most part, they experience pleasure from what they are doing. So when we look at the, the idea of the pursuit for happiness, we need to understand that that terminology is very ambiguous and it can lead us into a moral relativistic mindset where as long as you're getting yours and you are happy, it doesn't matter what you do upon other people. This is what I would define as false happiness because it is a selfish happiness. It's not holistic happiness. Let's use that. We're going to call true happiness holistic happiness, where we do not violate other individuals to gain our pleasure to gain our sense of happiness and this is one of the biggest issues that we see going on um, so 
what I'm saying here is that the false happiness, which I would refer to as hedonism, it's the perversion of true happiness. It's where we are completely eagerly attached and obsessed with doing things that bring us our pleasure chemicals from our brain that makes us feel good, being that of endorphins or dopamine or oxytocin. These would be the three primary chemicals that um, we are getting when we are adding a metric of what happiness really is. And the occult ruling class that seek to make sure that we remain docile while they usurp our liberties know exactly how to make sure that these pleasure chemicals are activated in our brain. And if our brain is malfunctioning, then obviously these chemicals can be produced from an experience where it would not normally produce these chemicals, giving us a false sense of happiness. For example, somebody might be masochistic and they may get off on actually hurting themselves. This is also known as a cutter, a person who goes out and cuts themselves and receives pleasure for from causing harm onto their own physical body. So we do need to be very cautious about what we think we are allowed to do for the ends of happiness. If our means are not fully justified, then the ends are not justified whatsoever. So in a brave new world, the mantra of the society is summed up as everybody's happy now, so slavery is just fine. And we see this so prevalent in today's society. Everybody is just fine to conform with the trends and the normality of this violent state of existence that we are currently living in. So the society of a brave new world combines two central modes of control. First, widespread use of pleasure-inducing pharmaceuticals. Now this is something we are currently seeing and have been seeing for a long period of time. We are under a pharmaceutical biological war and this is really the war of consciousness because this is all about controlling the mind. This is all about making sure that we are dumbed down or weakened so that we are easily hypnotized or manipulated. In A Brave New World, this primary substance that they use is Soma. Now, there are many allegories about this. One of my favorite is Equilibrium, which is an amazing Freemasonic movie that we will be breaking down in the future. But to just give you a little bit of the story, the entire society is based upon this allegory of a brave new world where they're using drugs to make sure that the population is docile. They eliminate all art, they eliminate pretty much all forms of emotions besides that emotion of just keeping them happy at a certain default level. And this is kind of what we're seeing now. This is, you know, you can be happy and not be creative. You can be happy and be in that left brain lockdown mentality, that left brain imbalance. And what we are trying to do is obviously battle against that. And 
in this book, A Brave New World, the second means of controlling the population is through hypnotic media propaganda. So not only are they controlling this population through a pharmaceutical methodology, but also a media methodology, which is something that we spoke about on episode 29 about the control of the mass media. So I just wanted to add this in, especially for people who have never read this book, that they should definitely read this book and also watch that movie Equilibrium. Now, there's a few other shows that I've run across that give a good example of this. Uh, One of my favorites is Doctor Who on one of the episodes There's an entire society that's based off of pharmaceutical control in which you can go down um, to these lower levels and you can go to your pharmacist and get these substances very easily. And it just makes everybody accept this complete dystopia that they're living in. And it's interesting because the dystopia could be very slick and very clean and very organized, right? It could look and function exactly the way it should be. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, trash in in the streets and, you know, all this crime taking place. It could be almost a, it could be ostensibly a utopia being, it looks like it's a well-functioning society, but when you start to dig deeper into the mechanics and into the emotional states of that society, especially when it comes to the behaviors being produced by the individuals and how much control is in that society, we see that it's not this glamorous utopia that we think of it as. Often dystopia is confused with utopia and we find this in all kinds of stories and I see it today. A lot of people think that this is the most perfect system that has ever existed. You know, democracy, the savior of all man, right? This idea that authority is always here to save all of us from all of our issues that we are facing. And this is part of the problem. I mean, authority is a disease masquerading as its own cure. It wants to convince you that it will cure itself as long as you believe in it and constantly conform and obey it. So Aldous Huxley said, A really efficient totalitarian state would be one in which the all-powerful executive political bosses and their army managers control a population of slaves who do not have to be coerced because they love their servitude. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Convincing the individual to love his servitude. That's what this is all about. And one way they do this is through pharmaceutical warfare, and they also do it through the, through the foods that we are ingesting into our body. So food and medicine is one of the heavy hitters when it comes to the control of a society. If you can control the means of production and distribution, that's one means of control over that society to create slaves. Another thing to control is how those things are being produced, what they are being produced with, and how they affect the body and how they affect the behaviors of the individuals. A highly informative documentary that I would recommend is called Generation Rx. So I would recommend that you go and watch this film. Um, It is about pharmaceutical control. 
Another documentary that I would recommend is Forks Over Knives. Now, warning, this film could save your life if you actually take the information and utilize it. Um, one more that I could say is pretty crucial to what we're talking about is The Magic Pill. So these all pertain to the subject of control through food and medicine. There's plenty of documentaries out there that people can look into, but those are the ones that I would recommend. There's a few more that I'll give in the future because we will be opening um, food and health up in a discussion between me and Nate, I'm sure, in the future. But what I'm pretty much saying here is that we have a very technical and highly adaptive way of keeping people at a specific level of consciousness for a specific agenda. So these individuals that are in control of what is going on in today's world, they know exactly how to maintain a certain level of consciousness in the population by approaching the population with these techniques of mind control. Another thing to be very clear about is that some of these substances make people not feel anything at all, which can be very, very devastating and very dangerous. So it's not always about triggering uh, an individual to feel something. Sometimes it's about the lack of feeling that they want to trigger. They want to make sure that an individual... Uh, is either being put into one extreme or the other extreme. An over-extreme of emotions, which they do not know how to handle, or a the other extreme of no emotions, where nothing matters. And it's an artificially induced state of apathy, you could say. A lot of people are afraid of their own emotions, but we are meant to feel certain emotions and this is because our emotions are our compass. They are our spirit guide in a way. They guide us to letting us know what a correct action is compared to a wrong action, especially when they are functioning properly. They are a crucial part of who we are, and we should never seek to marginalize our emotions. We need to understand what our emotions are telling us, listen to them, discern whether they are legitimate being are they being triggered from something real and authentic are they an authentic emotion or are they artificially induced through things like pharmaceuticals or mass manipulation or programming or any of these other methodologies for keeping people down i mean anything that gets us on the slippery slope of numbing our emotions out is going to lead us into robot thinking, you know, just left brain thinking. And it's going to make us robotic in our ways that we express ourselves in the world. The way that I look at pretty much all pharmaceuticals that, that, is that they all are demon drugs. And I mean, it's interesting because even their names, like Prozac, sounds like a demonic entity or a name of or a title of some kind of demon entity, right? I mean, just think about it. Most of these names of these drugs just sound like they're there to parasitically consume off of you 
and destroy all your hopes and all your dreams and all your natural emotional expressions, especially SSRIs. Anything that messes with serotonin levels is something I would be very, very highly cautious with. And, you know, I think anything that does um, brain damage at the level that SSRIs does should not be on the market at all. These things are so dangerous. And I know this, uh, you know, from personal experience with people that use these SSRIs very regularly. And you can see this. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next method of manipulation, which is called the illusion of time. Now, this one, you're going to have to use your imagination or visualization to really understand the concept that I'm trying to lay out for you. So the way that most people think of time is in physical terms. For an example of this, we can look at some phrases we use. One is, I'm spending time. And then the other is, I don't have enough time. So what is taking place here is the quantification of time itself and it is being associated as a physical property or physical thing. And we can see this especially in the way that we measure our astronomical bodies and their movements. So time is associated physically with these astronomical bodies and their progression and their movements. And then it gets equated with money. We hear the phrase, time is money, which I believe goes all the way back to the 15th century to a quote in the Discourse of Usury. And then I believe Benjamin Franklin was the first person who ever that we have on record using time is money. I believe he was producing um, either a speech or um, uh, an essay to the tradesmen around the late 1740s, I believe, maybe 1748. I could be mistaken about that. But the point is that we have become egoly identified with time as a physical thing. Um, I personally have used the phrase, if you don't take the time, you won't have the time. Now, this is slightly true. If you don't take your time, then you won't have the time to actually do anything. But this also associates it with a physical thing. It associates it with physical properties. In truth, there is only one time, and that is the present moment of now. Now, I would recommend Eckhart Tolle on this subject with his book, The Power of Now. But here's a quote from Alan Watts. We are living in a culture entirely hypnotized by illusion of time in which the so-called present moment is felt as nothing but an infinitesimal hairline between an all-powerful causative past and absorbing important future. We have no present our consciousness is almost completely preoccupied with memory and expectation. Now, that is very important to understand, that our consciousness is so occupied with the ideas of what has happened in the past with our memories and then what 
could happen or what we want to happen in the future with our expectations of what will occur. We do not realize that there never was, is, nor will be any other experience than the present experience. We are therefore out of touch with reality because we do not understand the present moment of now. There is really only one experience to be had, and that is the present moment of now. And this is programmed into our unconscious mind. We believe that the next moment must be more important than this one. But then we miss out on our whole life with this type of expectation. So Eckhart Tolle wisely said, Life consists entirely of the present moment. And I wholeheartedly agree. This illusion of time keeps us in an endlessly repeating cycle where we never think that anything changes truly because it is always going back to the same thing over and over and over. Um, Groundhog's Day is a great example of this just off the top of my mind. I think that's a, a great movie to watch when we're thinking about these heady concepts here. So without... Spending too much time on this one, we're going to move on to the next method of manipulation, which is the DHR factor. Now, DHR stands for denial, harassment, and ridicule. So the first one is denial. Now, this especially happens when it comes to people not wanting to look at negative information. They go into denial. They reject that information. They ignore that information. They put their heads in the sand and their rear ends up in the air. This reminds me of the three monkeys. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And definitely very heavily amplified in the new age communities and movement where... Any kind of negative information about what's going on in our society is pushed to the side because all they want to do is feel good. So just go back to what I was talking about when it, when it comes to happiness and hedonism. Hedonism leads us to moral relativity and vice versa. Moral relativity leads us to hedonism. So we have to be very careful when it comes to this because we will end up um, apathetic towards very crucial things and scenarios that are going on in our world and within ourselves, and we will go straight into de into denial. We will blind ourselves. We will willingly put the blindfold over our own eyes so that we do not have to see the truth. We cannot create any type of change if we continue to persist in our recalcitrant behavior towards the truth or that information. And we have to look at the negative information to understand how to solve why the negative is ruling our world. We have to look at these things. We cannot ignore the negative. If we ignore the negative, we ensure that we get more negative because we're not solving that issue. We're not getting to the causality of what's creating that effect into physical reality. This connects directly in with the pathological condition known as cognitive dissonance, 
which I spoke about briefly in a earlier episode. This is literally seeing with your own eyes what is going on in this world and within themselves, and yet continuously refusing to accept that and refusing to try to change that. Not only do they not even accept that it is true, but even if they did accept that it was true, they refuse to do anything in the face of it. They would rather live in this false notion of bliss. So cognitive dissonance is a serious psychological condition of denial. You know, seeing it with your own eyes and knowing it, knowing that that is the truth, but refusing to accept that as true. Fighting with every aspect of your psyche to refuse that so that you can stay in a comfortable position in your consciousness and possibly a comfortable position in physicality. The next one is harassment. Now, this has also been called by Mark Passio hassle. So the H represents harassment to me and hassle. And this is because when it comes to putting out a lot of this information, people don't want to do it because they're afraid they are going to be hassled about what they are putting out. And this happens. This has happened to me many, many times over and over and over. And it continues to happen to me. And this, to me, connects with harassment, where people will actually harass you because of the information that you're putting out. So not only are they going to hassle you, they're going to harass you up to even accosting you with physical violence because they do not agree with the information or the truth that you are trying to share. Now, this is in no way to say that you should not share that truth. This is a problem on their part for emotionally reacting to information that is contradictory to what they already firmly believe, their firm-based axiomatic belief systems that are ingrained in their psyche. So a lot of people see these issues when speaking this type of information, so they tend to just say, I don't want to do this, I'm not going to share any of this because of some of the risks that come with sharing this type of information. So it puts an individual in a place to create no change. And honestly, it's just cowardliness, you know. It, it is just an individual who is a coward who would rather not speak out against the iniquities and inequities because of fear of what, let's say, the government enforcers might do to them. And the third and final one, which is ridicule. So this is about. Fear also, fear of being called the guy in the tinfoil hat. You don't want to talk about the an individual that doesn't want to talk about this information because they fear that other people are going to mock and ridicule them for talking about that information. So this definitely ties in with that hassle that I just spoke about. A lot of people don't want to speak about these things because... They think not a lot of people will understand or not a lot of people will know about this information or know or be even able to comprehend the information that is being shared. 
So they'll be looked at as crazy or someone who doesn't fall into their normal perception box of how an individual should behave in society. They're going to be ridiculed for being a conspiracy theorist. They're going to be ridiculed for speaking about the occult. They're going to be ridiculed for speaking about esoteric knowledge. And since that ridicule triggers their own undealt with emotions, then the individual trying to share that information or who won't share that information in that situation, they either you know, stop saying that because they haven't dealt with those emotions that get triggered when other people start to ridicule them because of them sharing information that contradicts what another person believes, or they don't even try, which is even worse than starting and stopping, because at least if you tried, you gave it a shot, you just failed, you know, you reverted back into a lower level of consciousness which keeps you in your comfort zone because you're too scared to actually deal with what other people say about you. This all comes down to self-esteem. A person's self-esteem and how much they really care about themselves and know their own value. Because whenever we allow the words of other people to affect us um, at this level then we are allowing them to control our emotions. We are allowing them to control our behaviors because of what they are saying. This is what a bully does a lot of the times. He or she will seek to manipulate somebody into a certain type of behavior by triggering their emotions, from which then he's pretty much already won because he has you at a disadvantage psychologically by manipulating you into doing something that you possibly, most likely, would not perform. Now, this doesn't mean that you should never enact self-defense, but this does mean to understand, to compose yourself in the face of what other people are saying. Because when you are overreactive emotionally and physically because of that, you can be easily manipulated and easily controlled. You are not focused. You're not composed. You're not tempered. You have no temperance. So people fear what other people think of them, and since they fear what other people think of them, they also fear whether they're going to be accepted because of what they're saying. And if they're not accepted, then this triggers those primal fears that I was speaking about in previous episodes, the fear of abandonment, the fear of being alone, the fear of darkness, the fear of unknowingness, and the fear of chaos, right? The fear of chaos is the fear of true freedom. We cannot fear the possibility of chaos manifesting. Otherwise, we are, again, at a disadvantage. I mean, this is how the dark occult gets us to police ourselves. Self-censorship. That's what this is really about. Self-censorship. To get people to not speak the truth and to not live through that, through their own actions and their own lives. To be in harmony with the higher self and to be in harmony with natural law. So if we fall prey to the denial, 
hassle, ridicule factor, then we're not going to actually be in a place to create real change, to be in a place to shift what is manifesting in reality into a better direction. Okay, guys, so that is all I have time for on this episode. On the next episode, we will be getting into the three big boys, religion, subversive symbolism, and chaos sorcery. So make sure to keep your eyes open for that next episode because it's going to be a doozy. I hope that you found clarity and value in this show's information today. And you can find more of our shows, presentations, and current updates of our news at the Cubbyhole website. That's C-U-B-B-Y-W-H-O-L-E dot com. Also, please make sure to keep your notifications set for future shows as we go further into mind control and other topics that we have planned for future content. New shows come out every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific time and every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Stay tuned for more. Thank you and keep transcending dogma.